1: Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's hit deep to left field, and it's a gutter. big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving jam time! The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com Comeback pattern caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Now,
3: sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. I'm Mike Claiborne here at the ballpark where the Cardinals and the Arizona Diamondbacks finish out their four-game series. Redbirds looking for a split this afternoon. They'll send uh, Jordan Hicks to the mound. Zach Davies will be on the mound for Arizona to start things off. And we'll talk a lot of baseball this morning. We'll also talk a little hockey as well. But I always like starting my Sunday morning off talking to Brian Kelly. Brian, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm great, man. All right, so let's talk a little hockey here. Okay, uh, Blues are in action. Um, they start the playoffs tomorrow against Minnesota, and you and I have talked about this series before because we saw it coming. This this will be an interesting tilt because Minnesota kind of reminds me of the 2019 Blues, and because of the fact that they are a heavy team, they are physical. They take a few bad penalties from time to time, but they have a, a Hall of Fame goalie, and that might be a difference maker.
4: It might be, uh, and, and the penalties are a good point because they did bring in a couple of bigger guys to try to uh, you know beef up against the Blues in particular and against the other teams in the West. And if those guys who don't have a lot of playoff experience wind up taking some penalties, you know they get a little hyped up for the playoffs, maybe do some things they shouldn't, the Blues are going to have to capitalize and they do have the power play. To do that, so I think special teams is going to play a huge role, and of course goaltending. You know, I was thinking as Bennington was getting hotter that maybe you might start him into the playoffs, but now I think you got to go with Hughes. So I think he's been the the better one even down the stretch. So, yeah, goaltending is definitely going to be a key.
3: I think the playoffs this year will be so entertaining because when you look at the four major sports, I'm not sure if there's an eighth seed or the last team to get in that has a chance to really upset the alpha cart in any other sport other than hockey. In hockey, you have an AC that can get in and really mess up things for everybody else, and that's going to be the most entertaining part about the playoffs this year.
4: Well, and the thing is, with hockey, goaltending is so important. If you get a hot yep. goaltender, anything can happen. I really do think Colorado is, is head and shoulders above most teams. But then again, you look at their goaltending, and I think you could find reason to, to wonder how that's going to hold up during the playoffs. I really, I would, if the Blues can't make it, and I, obviously I want them to, I would love to see a Florida-Colorado final. That would be incredible. But I'm hoping the Blues upset the apple card and they get in there and, and let's see a, a good Blues-Florida final. Anything can happen. Anything can
3: happen when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So let's keep our fingers crossed. I like your thinking, so let's see if the Blues can pull it off. But you know what? They can't win the Cup until they win the first series, and then it goes from there. And and that's something that I think we have to really take into account, that um, the playoffs, it's a really strange bird, and you can't look too far ahead. Because the other element that comes into play for me is you have some very physical series, and the, the quicker you can dispatch a team, the better chance you have. And when you look at some of these matchups and how some of these teams are going to play each other, there may, this may be a survival of the fittest. you know. And, and I think we saw when the Blues won, they, they roughed up Dallas and San Jose to the point where San Jose barely was able to put out a team uh, for the final game against St. Louis. And I think the way physical players and physical teams can really dominate in the playoffs Is something you have to
4: pay close attention to also. Yeah, San Jose couldn't wait to get that series over with and and sit in the ice tub for a while. And that's true. I mean, it really is a, a game of attrition in the playoffs. You have to be physical. You hope you're playing six or seven games, and over those six or seven games, you're... You're laying the groundwork uh, in game one for what it's going to be like in game six. I heard somebody the other day talking about Dustin Brown and how that's how he plays. And we've seen how that worked for them in in their heyday. And that's the same thing with the Blues. You know, they got to be heavy. And and that hit in in game one against somebody is going to pay off in game six and seven. And uh, it is, it's, a, it's just so physical. It's, it's amazing. You know, you watch game one and you think, how are they going to keep this up for two months to win this thing? Absolutely. And that's what they hardest have to trophy do. trophy to win. It certainly it's the hardest isn't. trophy to win in sports. No question.
3: BK, always good to visit with you, sir. Let's have some fun with baseball and hockey for the next couple of months. Sounds good. Let's do it. Thanks, Mike. All right. That's Brian Kelly. I'm Mike Claiborne, as we mentioned, here at the ballpark. And uh, here's our lineup for today. First of all, we're going to visit with Cardinal manager Oliver Marlowe in just a bit. Derek Gould from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is going to join us, talk a little Cardinal baseball, and what else is going on around the game. Darren Pang of Bally Sports, TNT, and just about anybody else who has a hockey game, he's going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour, along with John Moselock, president of Cardinal Baseball Operations, and Chris May. The Athletic Director at St. Louis U is going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour as well. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about what's going on locally. We'll also talk about a few other things going on around the world of sports. And we'll do a lot of things this morning as we get set for Cardinal baseball that comes your way just after 12. uh, Here this afternoon on our pregame show with Joe Pott, John Rooney, Ricky Horton will have the call for you. As the Cardinals try and split against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've got a game tomorrow. Don't forget it's a makeup game. So I know in some schedules it looks like an open date, but if you recall the rainout that we had against the, Royals, uh, against the Royals a couple of weeks ago was rescheduled for tomorrow. It's a 3:15 start. So if you have your tickets for that game, come on down. If you don't have tickets, come on down. There'll be plenty of room for you, and we look forward to seeing you at the ballpark as the Cardinals and the Royals take each other on. Before we go to Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Royals Tuesday and Wednesday. In Kansas City, And then the Cardinals are off to San Francisco for four against a very good San Francisco Giant team. So that's how things shake out for this week for the Redbirds. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about that and a few other things. But we'll start things off with the Cardinal manager, Oliver Marble, in just a bit. Let's take
5: our first break here on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend
2: today. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On
3: America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And the sports on a Sunday morning, the Stiefel Studio here at the ballpark. We moved it over here to the ballpark, and we're ready to go today. And we're glad you're with us. And it's time now for our weekly visit with Cardinal Manager Oliver Marble. How are you this morning, Skip?
6: Plays how we doing?
3: Everything is great on my end. I'm looking forward to today, and, but I want to talk a little bit about yesterday. You know, every good staff always has one pitcher where it's hard to get run support, and I think Miles Michaels has worn that title for the first month of the season. And he may have turned in one of the best performances of the year. He made two mistakes, but it cost him. But I I thought that Miles Michaelis' stuff was as good as we've seen all season yesterday.
6: It really was. When you, when you look at what he did yesterday, it was super impressive. He had everything working. Um, all five pitches uh, above 60% strikes. He was able to throw any pitch in any count, keep guys off balance. And what we're seeing is a guy that's um, pitching with conviction. Um, he believes in his stuff, and he feels stronger than ever. So we're seeing a, a really good version of Miles right now.
3: And, and, you know, one of the things about Miles – yeah, his reputation is he's a strike thrower, and I really feel like there are some teams that feel like, all right, we know this guy's going to be in the strike zone a lot, a high percentage of the time. So they just look at the first thing they think is going to be a strike, and they put a, try and put a bat on it. And I thought that's what cost him yesterday. Guys were looking for him to throw something in the strike zone that they thought they could handle early in the count.
6: Uh, I, I think you're spot on there. There's guys where you know they're going to attack the strike zone with their fastball and then go to their secondary stuff once they get ahead. So you try to ambush those guys and get them early and get production early in the count against them. Oh, oh, one, oh. Um, but the difference between uh, that and Miles is he's able to throw anything 0-0 or 1-0. Even when he's behind, he feels comfortable throwing secondary stuff. So it's hard to just sit on a pitch. Uh, everything's moving. He's missing barrels. He's getting weak contact. Um, so that's that that that's been a plus for him for sure.
3: I, I know runs have been a little hard to come by here recently, but one of the things that I've noticed, and you're a lot closer to it than me, that you're not giving away at bats. You you may be hitting into tough luck in some situations, but there's a difference between a slumping team and a team that's, you know, just putting good wood on it, but they're just hitting it to the wrong people.
6: Yeah, there's been a combination of that. Uh, Claves. it really has. Um, when you look at it, it's, it's tough to, uh, to sit here and say that there's not panic down here or anything like that because there's not. And I know the fans want to see more production out of our lineup, but, uh, We really do believe that a lot of our guys are getting closer and closer, and uh, it's just a matter of time uh, before it all opens up. I mean, you look at O'Neal and Carlson and some of these guys, and are they having the type of year or start that um, they would have liked or we would have liked? The answer is no, but do we think they're going to hit under 200 all year? Absolutely not. These guys are going to get back to what they're used to doing, and we're going to see a high level of production out of them. So there's There's not a whole lot of panic or concern at the moment, we, we really do believe these guys are going to start doing what they're capable of doing.
3: Who do you think is close um you You've watched them at bats, and, and as, as I mentioned, they're not giving away at bats, uh, but who do you like as far as their approach where you just and you just touched on it, they're not going to hit under 200 all season. but is there anybody that you've watched here in the last couple of games, three games that you really like where they're headed and because of what their approach is about? Yeah, um,
6: I think there's a couple guys that have have made some adjustments. Uh, the one that sticks out to me right now is Bader. Um, he is uh, he's working hard underneath and um, starting to translate some of the stuff he's working on into the game. We've seen some at bats where he's just taking what the game's presenting him and, and going backside. with well, for a couple singles, that he starts to feel good, he'll start to open it up a little bit more and go gap to gap. So he's one of the ones that sticks out to me. Um, obviously, we, we've seen the young and. Um, he's working underneath the ball quite a bit at the moment. Um, he's working hard at at making that adjustment, and hopefully, we start to see some results.
3: You have some decisions to make tomorrow, as the uh, roster limitations will be reduced to um, by two. Have you had enough time to see everybody in your bullpen to to make that a a decision like that because you know every day at the ballpark is different on who you're gonna use out of the bullpen, but have you seen enough of guys to be able to com- be comfortable with what you're gonna do
6: yeah we we've uh we've used everybody to the point where we know exactly uh what we have and we're comfortable um with with the decisions that are are gonna take place um but uh yeah we've get enough in, enough looks. Um, to everybody in that bullpen um, to, to make a decision.
3: Is, is that something, and, and obviously this year because of the lockout and the shortened spring training, uh, you had to add a couple of guys. Is that something maybe down the down the road as you look at spring trainings and your break, everybody doesn't get stretched out as much as they'd like to be? Is that something that you think you'd like to see more of? Maybe not a whole month, but maybe a couple of extra weeks? Let's
6: say that again, Clayton.
3: With regard to how the roster is set up this year where we had the expanded roster, is that something you'd like to see maybe in the future? Uh, Maybe not a month, but maybe two more weeks because everybody doesn't get stretched out as much as they'd like to in spring training. And maybe we go back to that next year for a normal spring training, but still in all, guys are still trying to find a way. So would you like to see maybe expanded maybe by a couple of weeks instead of a month?
6: Um, well, with the with the shortened spring training, I think it makes sense, and, and I didn't mind the shortened spring training. I think our guys were able to still get a lot of work in and, and get uh, ready for the season. Um, did we extend our pitchers to the degree we wanted to? No, um, but the extra two guys helped navigate that for the first thirty days. If you go back to a regular spring training, I, I don't think it's necessary. If you were to shorten spring training by by a week or two, then then it is helpful.
3: You know, uh, this year uh, we watched in just a month the, the lineup flexibility that you've had a chance to have with this ball club. Um, for you, when it comes to the lineup, is it matchups, feel, analytics, uh, or scheduled days off? How does that lineup come together, especially when you – because we know that there are going to be certain guys that are going to be in there majority of the time. But with other guys that you want to get in there, how does that work for you as far as how you decide who's going to be in?
6: It's a combination of everything that you just described. Um, Yes, the analytics go into it, uh, having a feel for where guys are and how they're feeling at the moment. Um, If they're feeling good about their swing or not, uh, it'll it'll change where they hit in the order. And then scheduled days off where we're looking at a a week's ahead and saying, all right, we need to give this guy a day uh, within the next four days. This guy needs a day here soon as well. And just planning what makes the most sense from a matchup standpoint um, where your Goldies and Nolans and Eddie, like you're going to want those guys in the lineup every day. But what makes the most sense when to give them a day off? Um, so all, all that goes into play.
3: The Cardinals have an upcoming road trip. And, you know, one of the things about the game that we, we, we don't take for granted, I know you don't, is travel and being on the road. And, you know, half your career, is going. it seems like it's on the road. Uh, what if you come to at this point in your career as a player, as a coach, and now a manager – what are some of the things you like about being on the road?
6: When you're on the road, that's when you, um, for me, build the most uh, camaraderie with with the group, right? You, when you're home, a lot of guys want to make sure that they're spending time with their with their families. You're away for so long throughout the course of the season that that's the time where you're with the kids and with the wife and, and spending time there with. When you're on the road, that's a great time for guys to um, day game, grab dinner afterwards, team outings, making sure that you're spending time together. And a lot takes place from a just bonding standpoint um, with the staff and and the players during those road trips.
3: All right. You've been on the road, as we mentioned, all of your life when it comes to baseball. Um, Give me your most unforgettable road trip at Mm. any point in your career.
6: Man, that's a tough one. I've seen some uh interesting <laughs> cities in the minor leagues, that's for sure. Yeah, um,
3: I, I thought I thought the minor leagues would probably pop up at some point in this conversation.
6: <laughs> yeah, I've got some I've got some good stories of uh different hotels and different places I stayed throughout the minor leagues. Um I'll tell you it's a lot different up here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and the bus rides up here are are shorter for sure. Uh airport to the hotel or airport or ballpark to the to the hotel. You probably have been on some adventurous bus rides in your career.
6: Yes, we we've had we've had some uh some lo- long bus trips, uh some flat tires, some smoke coming out of the hood. We we've uh, we've experienced all of it. <laughs>
3: And and you probably learn a lot more about the mechanics of a bus at some point. Now, were you one of those guys that could get under the hood and try and tell the bus driver what needs to be done, or were you a guy that was helping fix a flat, or were you just the smartest guy and just said, "I'm going to stay on the bus until you guys get this figured out"?
6: That last one, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm as far from the guy that could fix uh, fix anything. Um, that is that is not my strength.
3: Nah, hey, listen, you know what? Everybody needs to know their swim lane, and Alva, Alva Marble knows his, and that's a good thing for you. All right, final question for you. Upcoming road trip, you're going to see Kansas City tomorrow, then you go over there, but the San Francisco Giants are on the schedule as well. Um, they are a really good ball club, and they're going to be, it's going to be interesting in how they do things. We saw them last year, and it's one of those deals for them. Everybody plays when they get to the ballpark. It's a unique situation, but we're starting to see more of it.
6: Yeah, they've uh, they've done a good job over the last couple of years of uh structuring their roster where uh they platooned a lot and pinch hit and mix and match and um we've been prepared for that and we'll be prepared for it this year as well. So uh I look forward to that series for sure.
3: Well I'm looking forward to getting a split with Arizona this afternoon. Uh you've got Jordan Hicks going and uh we've we I really like what I've seen from him in his early starts this year and hopefully he can get through this one today. Uh, because he's starting to really pitch with confidence, throwing more than just the fastball. And I know everybody's enamored with his velocity, but I have to tell you, Skip, this guy has shown me some things as far as his other pitches and his ability to spot them that I think he sometimes gets overlooked as far as his repertoire is concerned.
6: No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you mentioned it there with the confidence. Um That's what I've seen the most of. He's taken the mound with a lot of confidence. He believes in what he's doing. Um, He's slowing the game down. He's under control, and he's pitching and not just throwing. Um, He's matured a lot in just his overall preparation and the in-between starts. He's asking a lot of questions to the right people, and he's building upon that. So uh, I'm really liking what we're seeing out of Hicks, and uh, because of the way he's going about it, I think we're going to see a lot of improvement as the year goes on as well.
3: All right. Well, we thank you for your time this morning. I'll talk to you in just a bit, and uh, let's have some fun this afternoon at the ballpark.
6: Appreciate you.
3: Thank you, sir. Oliver Marble, our Cardinal Manager, is our guest, and when we come back, we'll have a chance to talk some baseball with Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and get his thoughts. I haven't talked to Derek on the air in a while, so It'll be interesting and fun to talk with him, and we hope you can stick around for that as well. Stand by, everybody. We're going to take our first break. We're in the Stiefel Sports Studio here at the ballpark. We took everything from KMOX and brought it over here, and it's so lavish. Trust me, it is very impressive here. So when we come back, we'll have a chance to talk to Derek, and we'll do that after we take this time out on Your Voice for the Cardinals and St. Louis University.
2: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
3: Welcome back, everybody. We continue on Sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio here at the ballpark. I'm Mike Claiborne. And Derek Gould of St. Louis Post-Dispatch is our guest in this segment. And first of all, it's, it's great to see you. How, <laughs> many, how many years now at the Post but and also covering the Cardinals? Uh, I started at the Post
7: in 2001, September 2001, with the uh, hopping on a flight to Alaska with the Blues, if you can remember <laughs> that remember far that, back, yeah. for training camp. Um, and then in 2004, I uh, came over to Bush Stadium and, haven't they, left. they can't get rid of you. Yeah, they can't. They've tried. Uh, you know, no, yeah, since 2004. So, so you, you sitting in the same.
3: You've seen a whole lot of good, a little
7: bad along the way. One losing season in that stretch. Um, you know, obviously 04, 05, 06 was a pretty strong time to, mm-hmm. to join a beat and help out with, uh, you know, the late Joe Strauss. And Rick Hummel has been there. So, you know, he and I have been in the same seats for two ballparks now. Uh, but yeah, you know, not too bad. And then '07, and the changes that wrought. And then you know, ever then what winning season ever since. And you know, you see, uh, I've been around long enough, Mike, to have talked to Ali Marmol around I the day he the was prospect. drafted. <laughs> by the Cardinals, and now is the manager of the Cardinals.
3: And all the things in between. Uh, yeah. And, and you, like me, saw him when he was a prospect in the organization and mm-hmm. managed in the organization and coached with the Cardinals as yeah. a first base coach, a bench coach, and now he's a manager. So give me your thoughts on what you've seen. And granted, it, it's a sample size. Now, I'd say a small one, but give me your thoughts on how things have gone for him and, and the ball club.
7: Uh, you know, I think the, uh, they're both related, right? Like the, the offense hasn't been the, the juggernaut that he has advertised, that he has insisted, you know, he said that this is going to be a strong team. This is going to be a team that wins with runs. And then you have a game like yesterday where the decision he made was a direct reflection on the team's lack of ability to generate runs. Um, it's been a very arduous offense so far in the sense that it just takes a lot for them to get a run going. Uh, You think about what nine of the last 10, they haven't hit a home run. The benefit of a home run is it's a instant rally. It actually, you know how, how it benefits a team is in the name. It gives them a run. You know, when you have 15 singles and you get celebrated for your extra base running, that's kind of a labor intensive offense. And while it's strong and, and should be celebrated that they can do that, that they, that they have that in their toolbox, so to speak. They do need to do damage in today's game to not have the probabilities stack up against them to not produce offense. If they have a lead last night, Mike, they go to the bullpen, and yeah. then it's not a thing. You know, I'm, I'm also really struck by how blunt uh, a Marmol is. I think that's really fascinating. I, you know, I think we've, we've seen a lot of different personalities come through here in the last, what is it, 10 years? Yeah, 11 years yeah, 11 now years. Uh, with four different managers. And, you know, his assessment of his players, his assessment of himself yesterday uh, can be blunt. Yesterday when his answer to a question about having Michaelis go out there for the eighth was, Michaelis did his job, I didn't do mine. That's a rather disarming comment.
3: But, you know what, I didn't really have a problem with Michael's going back out. No. Now, and I, I think that we as fans – have been accustomed to a guy who gives you five or six innings, and or and they go they they go sit down. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's rare to see a guy go back out on the mound for the eighth inning in a in a situation like that. So I didn't really have a problem with it. He didn't get the result that he was looking for, but I'd like to see more guys do it. And and I know you have a bullpen and you you rely on them, but maybe I'm just old school where I I think that a guy who can give me seven or eight. Is more impressive than the guy who throws 100 pitches in five innings and feels like he he was the man of the day.
7: And I think there's probably a happy sweet spot right between mm-hmm. those two, where yesterday's game, because the bullpen was available, is one to use it. Yeah, um, you know, to have Cabrera come in there and give a different look vastly different look, radically different look than Michaelis for, say, Marte or or however they decided to go with that um, made sense because they were available, and when the bullpen's available and you have a chance to win in a close game, then you deploy it. On another given day, when say Cabrera and Helsley had been used two of the previous three, or two of the previous two, um, and there is less of that bridge, then having Michaelis go out there for the eighth makes a lot of sense. I think it's almost... Context-oriented, but you're right. I mean, to have more pitchers go five innings and beyond, like you know, the Cardinals have a fascinating rotation in the regard. Starting with today in in Jordan Hicks, you know, they they have to go down to 26-man roster by tomorrow's game against the the makeup game against Kansas City. Um, that will reduce their pitching staff by at least one, possibly two. Uh, that will likely take a long reliever or some innings out of the equation, depending on what direction they go. And what direction they go will somewhat depend on how today's game unfolds. But from here forward, to get five innings, to get some efficiency from Hicks, will be necessary because of what, you know, you've seen Adam Wainwright go past the six. You've seen Michaels go into the seventh now a couple times. But Mats has not really made that leap. From fifth to quality starts, Hudson has. But how are they going to monitor his innings? Given his, he's thrown so few over the last. So, you know, the the Cardinals hope that they have three fifths of a rotation that can provide a quality start. At the moment, they have two fifths, and that is a significant gap when you when it talks about when you when you consider winning series and staying in the series. And Cardinal fans will relate to this because what happened last year in Los Angeles right they go out to Dodger Stadium they have two starters injured Jack Flaherty and Gung Young Kim what happened in the next immediate series after they had to scramble to cover the innings because of injuries what happened here back at home Cincinnati swept them because they just they were still trying to recover from the innings deficit created by those two injuries if you have short starts guys who um, every other day are only given the five that you're talking about eventually that catches 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 up up with you, and it can cost you a series.
3: Derek Gould is with us from the Sailor's Post-Dispatch. All right. Um, For you, what's been a pleasant surprise that you've seen with this ball club? And what has been a concern seed that's been planted? Not to the point where there's a red flag or somebody's hair is on fire, (laughs) but maybe just a seed that has been planted that we might need to see how it develops.
7: So, two things, one individual and one team wide, that stand out as I don't know if they're surprises, but they're definitely strengths that this team can rely on. One is that their bullpen, um, even as it is reduced or changed, um, when you consider even the depth that they have in the minors, uh, their bullpen is the equal to the Brewers. I think you can save. I, I think that might sound like a, a, a bold claim, considering the Brewers bullpen has been what has helped them win divisions. Um, But I just think the versatility, the execution, the firepower, the looks that they can give. um, Some of the guys who are not, who haven't yet even pitched at their best, what they can do at their best. Um, You got, you know, uh, Palante's arrival, Jake Walsh in the minors. Um, You know, these guys, they, uh, Freddie Pacheco in the minors. These are guys who they give the bullpen the the ability to match the Brewers. In creativity, flexibility, and execution, um, and that could be where this division is won. In all honesty, um, I actually kind of think the Cardinals would like for this division to be won, <laughs> if that if that's where it is in that head-to-head group. And that's a high comp. The other one is Tommy Edmond taking over a leadoff. This is not something that uh, you know Dylan Carlson got the long run in spring training, the short run in the regular season, and then. Had a day to kind of work and find himself, and now has come back and lead off his almost. I mean, his yeah. long-term lease to Tommy Edmond. Um, Tommy Edmond's play this season is has been quite strong. Um, what he's done at the plate, the changes he made during spring, which did not produce for him in spring, but the work he did on the backfields, what he was able to unlock, the mechanics that he was changed, the athleticism that that shows, and the aptitude that shows. And then to get results from it, I think, is, is really remarkable. Over the past week, I've been watching, too, about how they position him at second base, wrote a little bit about that and how it's related to Nolan Gorman in this morning's paper. And I, I, I think some of the plays he's made at second base, you don't see very often. It's you, they're shortstop-like <clears throat> plays. I think they're third baseman-like plays. Yeah. You know, running in like he does, mm-hmm. reacting, and but he's covering so much ground. I mean, you think back to, like, obviously Nolan Arenado is a remarkable uh, third baseman. But think about, like, a couple of the Cardinals' third basemen of the past. Scott Rowland and Troy Gloss, how good they were coming in on a ball slow roller you know they would be if they started back on the grass or started two strides behind third they would come in and you know they would have the leap the jump the 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 the, the first step to make that play tommy edmund is doing that from shallow right and And that's a tough throw it's a tough throw because remember we saw jazz chisholm jr miss it twice in the miami series that that was a I thought that was a very interesting contrast because you had Jazz Chisholm twice miss throw that point blank miss on that point blank throw to first when he was on the run. And in that same series, Tommy Edmund made it look routine. And he didn't he didn't take anything off that throw. He just put it at the chest to where he had to catch it. I mean, it was either gonna be embedded in Paul Goldschmidt's Birds on the Bat or he was gonna catch it.
3: Split it right in two. Right. <laughs> You're right. All right, do you have a concern? Is there something that yeah. has raised an eyebrow for you?
7: I think some of the offense, Um, you know, Tyler O'Neill's off to a slow start. The the power just isn't there, and, you know, that's partially the but ballpark. It,
3: yeah, and I was going to ask you about the power because we see it around baseball where that, that number oh, is man. down, which brings up the discussion about the baseball, sure. the humidor, the whole nine yards. Yeah,
7: all 30 teams are using a hum- humidor now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're – for the Cardinals, it's kind of like shrug, okay, because the humidors are all set for Missouri, um, so it's where they already play. Um, there, The humidors are supposed to be set as far as like conditions, atmospheric conditions, for just um, what's southwest of here, where the balls are stored. They're not too far from Washington, Missouri. Uh, so... At least, and that's how Colorado was set, that's how Arizona was set, this goes back years, and so for the Cardinals, it's like, well, what do they get from that? Well, they might get, like, summer baseballs in April, you know, like, if that's the idea, like, set for, say it's set for July in Missouri, then you get that consistency of baseballs in April and in September, but... You know, I don't know. They, they kind of shrug as to how big of a factor that is. I mean, the, the ballpark plays big, and it has continued to play big. And, it, you know, this was part of uh, the conversation over the winter starting well, last year about said. moving the walls yeah. in, and they opted not to because they have this superb, um, really superior defense, and they didn't want to take that away, especially when you consider the outfielders, right? Like, that's a big part of this is, um, you know, they – a lot of teams will have that monster slugger in the outfield. The the Cardinals hope Tyler O'Neill is that guy. Got a lot, I mean, became that guy last year, and they, you know, slow start this year, but can become that. But, oh, by the way, he's also a gold-glove left fielder, and they're all fast. They all cover ground. Um, there's not another outfield really like that in the majors because, again, teams yeah. stash a bat somewhere out there, and – you, so you 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 have a team that currently a roster excuse me a roster that is currently set up to maximize the benefit of a pitcher friendly ballpark and you have a pitching staff that's geared to fit the defense mm-hmm. so they didn't want to upset that too much but you know there's some examples yesterday's game had, you know Tyler O'Neill again I mean there a couple times he's put a charge on the ball and it's a fly ball um, you know Corey Dickerson's ball that that ball carried and carried and carried. And then fell died. shot. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, that's You're another right. Bush Stadium kind of thing. So, you know, you he, he have to take that into account. But the other part of it is, you know, 15 singles. That's 15 singles. 20 of their last 22 hits have been singles. Sing. Yeah. That, I mean, what? <laughs> you know, uh, all but five, I think, on this homestand have been singles. You know, that's, there's something there.
3: You know, and the game when they had the 15 was one of the more entertaining games I've seen in a long time. And, and, and I attribute it to, obviously, the base running and how smart these guys are when yeah. it comes to base. They don't run themselves into the outs. Uh, and I, I tip my cap to Stubby Clap and also Pop Warner because those guys are some of the engineers. And Willie so, McGee, yeah, too. Willie McGee is another yeah. one. Um, and, but these guys are really, really smart at what they do. And, but it was an entertaining game for me. So that
7: that's a, it was a great baseball game. But that can't be the rule. You can't do it every day. Yeah, yeah that can't. Yeah. That has to be the showcase of what you can do. You know, in the same way, like a three homer game is the showcase of yeah. what a hitter can do, or you know what we've seen some games already from Nolan Arenado that are like, well, that's the showcase of what he can do. That just can't be the rule. They no. can't go out there and rely on seven singles and superb base running. To be what generates their offense, because
3: they're going to face a team that's going to be pretty good defensively, also at some point. And, are they? When? Yeah, you know what? I, I, you know, I'm anxious to see some teams. We've seen. We, I, I thought, I saw some bad teams in spring training. I, I thought oh, yeah, Washington, Miami, where some teams. I'm like, holy cow, this this is going to be a long year. The, the team the Cardinals are facing now, in Arizona, you know, they have a good chance to lose a whole lot of baseball games, also, mm. and. You you make a good point.
7: They've good middle infield defense. They do. Yeah. They
3: do. But you make a great point about when are we going to see another good team. Yeah. Now, I think maybe when we go to San Francisco, I mean they they shown the ability to be pretty good, but they do it in a different manner. As I was talking mm-hmm. to Ali Marmont earlier, you know, they do it in, in the group environment where everybody plays. Everybody swims at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh but the the team that I'm looking for is one that's is fundamentally sound and they, they do the right things at the right time. Uh, obviously, they're going to be good because they're going to be able to have to pitch. Yeah. But the other thing I feel is a team that can manufacture runs with the home run uh, and also be able to run the bases. And I don't know where we're going to see that on the schedule. but I'm I think Atlanta. That.
7: Atlanta yeah. Atlanta's that team. Um, Atlanta's that team defensively. Atlanta's that team in the outfield. Atlanta's definitely that team in the infield. That infield yes, really, is is really the match good. for yeah, the Cardinals. Um, they run well, um, you know. They run the bases well. They're aggressive. The return of Acuna will be huge for them. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, San Francisco's fascinating because they kind of play baseball like a hockey team does, exactly. where they have line changes, <laughs> um, and that's, that's what everybody's point. doing now. I mean, it's it's fast. It's it's interesting to see, except for it's not free substitution like hockey, so you could catch them. Um, and you see the Cardinals. Sort of with Marmol back to what your question was you know that's that's the that's the next kind of evolution for them um and we'll see you know it, it is entirely possible that the outfield plays its way or hits its way, I should say hits its way into being a little bit more uh of a of a line change situation than maybe the cardinals want it, then definitely the cardinals want it
3: well I'll tell you this i i I tell people. All the time, stay tuned for this team because it's got a lot of different looks to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also remind them to read you and Rick Hummel and what you guys do over the post because it's been fun. So far, to see how things are starting to develop. Hey, we're out of time, man. I- I'm glad well, we did this because we haven't done this in a while. And I wanted to wait until we had some games <laughs> where you can kind of give me your your opinion, and I always appreciate no, it.
7: No, I appreciate you wanted to have me come in when they're when they're what Arizona's taking two of three. Yeah, so it's good time, exactly. Yeah, thanks, so It's good. Yeah,
3: he's Derek Gould. I'm Mike Clayborn. We're gonna take a break, come back, and wrap up this hour. Don't forget hockey talk in the next hour. We'll also visit with John Mizek and Chris May of St. Louis University will be our guest as well. So we invite you to stick around. We'll take a break and come back with more here on KMOX.
2: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner, Big fly, Nolan Aranato. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Moving up to the top of the hour where we'll have a chance to get some news in from Brian Kelly and find out what else is going on in the world. In the 11 o'clock hour, we'll have some hockey talk with Darren Pang of Valley Sports and talk about the Blues and their upcoming playoff series against the Minnesota Wild. And also, what else is going to happen in the National Hockey League? Man, there's going to be some really good matchups in that first round. And a really good team is going to go home. And that's the good thing about hockey. It's also the bad thing about it. But uh, so we'll have a chance to visit with Darren in the next hour. John Mizek was going to, is going to visit with us, and we'll talk a little bit about the Cardinals and their direction. And hopefully, you had a chance to hear Mo with us on on Friday night with Ricky Horton and I over at Lowe's, and uh, we had a great visit with him, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to obviously talking to him this morning as well. And Chris May of St. Louis University, athletic director there. And Chris has been there for a while. You think about how long he's been there. He's, he's seen a lot and done a lot. And a lot of things going on at St. Louis U, not to mention what's going on in college sports uh, with the transfer portal and name and likeness and all those sort of things. So we'll have a chance to get his thoughts on what's going on, obviously, at St. Louis U, but what we might see down the road when it comes to college sports uh, because it's an ever-changing situation for sure. Uh, the NFL draft is over. And I don't know about you, but for me, and I kind of dig the draft for a lot of different reasons. Uh, It's probably the biggest non-competition activity sports has to offer when it comes to viewers and people who pay attention to it. But for this year, it just didn't seem like it had the sizzle. And I don't know whether it was the fact there wasn't what I'd call that dominant can't miss guy at the top. Because if you look at the mock drafts, and trust me, there's, there's a mock draft for every day of the week if not more, uh, they had different people moving around. So it it was something that didn't really have a sizzle that it normally did, but guess what, folks? It was about... 200-plus guys that are now going to be part of the National Football League, like it or not. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have Darren Pang to talk some hockey, as I mentioned, John Mazzaloc, and Chris May in the 11 o'clock hour. We hope you stand by for it as well. We'll be back with more after we get the news here on your voice for the Cardinals and
5: St. Louis University, KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?